Happy Monday! Hope everybody had a great weekend. Welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show. I'm Anthony Totry. We got DJ Jacob Franklin. He's busting a move back there, and he's making all the magic happen, guys. If you're new here, do us a favor. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. Let us know what you enjoy about this podcast. Genuinely hope everybody had a happy and safe holiday weekend. You know, it was the Super Bowl. That is the holiday. And in Arizona, it's its own holiday with the Waste Management Phoenix open my goodness we got a lot to talk about today we got our weekly pac-12 power rankings that we're going to get into at the tail end of this show we got a great interview for you guys if you're interested in arizona state softball they got their season started they split two wins two losses we gonna talk to arizona state softball player kelsey hall a little bit later in the show to discuss how the sun devils did over the weekend but first Jacob, I want to get to college football because that's where we start, right? That's where we're starting. And the reason I want to start with college football is because it's been a very interesting, I would say, offseason, right? Offseason recruiting cycle. To say the least, right? And I think more so now than ever, we've seen a lot of movement with college football head coaches, right? Recently, Chip Kelly, just last week, leaving his head coaching position at UCLA and moving over to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Okay, but before that, before Chip, what were some of the other dominoes that fell this offseason in the head coaching ranks? Well, most notably, Nick Saban, right? Nick Saban retiring really, really made this hiring cycle in college football a unique situation. So you have Nick Saban retiring. Then you get the whole Dan Lanning rumors and the Mike Norvell rumors. Now, I'm going to put a pin in Norvell and Lanning because I do want to get back to them in just a little bit because I think what we saw this offseason about those two specifically not taking that Alabama job in one signing an extension while the other firmly, firmly putting his foot in the ground saying that we are here at Oregon, I think says a whole lot about what it takes to be a college football coach in today's college football. So Kalen DeBoer, Kalen DeBoer leaves Washington to become the next head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, right? You are succeeding the greatest college football coach of all time. Then you get Jed Fish, spent three seasons in Tucson, opted to leave for a program that's a little bit more further along, I would say, in Washington, right? Okay, then you get Brent Brennan leaving San Jose State. He comes over to become the head coach over for the Arizona Wildcats, and the cycle continues, right, until there is no longer an opening in college football. But it wasn't just those specific coaches who were, I don't want to say targeted, but who were linked to the Alabama job, right? Part of the the cause and effect there. But other coaches, Boston College, they were looking for a head coach for quite some time because their head coach opted to leave. I believe the head coach of Boston College went on to become a defensive coordinator or an assistant coach for the Green Bay Packers, right? So you have coaches now leaving prominent jobs to go take lesser jobs, you could argue, different places. Now, When it relates to Boston College, I can kind of understand why you would take the that job, right? If you're a head coach in college and maybe you want to go on, you want to be in the NFL, then I totally get that. But that wasn't necessarily the entire part of it, right? Part of that is because college football is changing. College athletics are changing. It is increasingly more difficult to become a long-term head football coach at the Division I level. And the Packers, D.C., who was the, the Boston College head coach, Jeff Halfley, said, quote, it was like being a general manager, right? That's what college football has turned into. And I would argue that it's even more than that because it's not just about the general manager side of things, taking care of the books, making sure you got a talented roster. There's so much more that goes into it. And Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State, right? Because this is an ASU podcast. I feel like because he is so much younger, he's got the energy for it. He's got the, the, the thought process for it. And I think you see that not just in football and sports, but you can kind of zoom out and look at businesses, successful businesses, successful tech companies. What do they do? 
right? Who runs those companies? It's not necessarily the oldest person that is constantly coming up with new new ideas. But you look at people, let's let's say Apple or Google, for example, right? And I know we're getting off the sports topic here, but this is it all comes back down to it. You've got the people in charge, but there's new generations. What's the generation? 20 years, right? Every new generation. Is, is it 20 years? I believe it's 20 Wait, years counts as a generation. Am I just learning something? I believe. Let's. Yeah, I'm not pretty positive. Because I thought it was every 10. I mean, I know that's a decade, but I thought generations went every 10 years. But you could be right. I, I might be. I, I think I'm learning something new today. A generation can is usually considered between uh, 20 and 30. Years. So what generation are you? I am the last. Well, it depends. I've seen different it's with crossed, millennial right? and different. Um, I'm either the last year of the millennial. Uh-huh. Or the first year of whatever is what's the the Gen Z or Gen X? Yeah, one of those two. Yeah, one of those. So, um, yeah, that's where I fall. But usually, I feel like like these these companies, these businesses, when it is officially time to start seeing a wave, a new trend, they hire the younger generation, right? Because that next generation, they're the people plugged in. They're the people constantly knowing and, and associating themselves with what's new. Right. They've got the new ideas. They've got the new tech. They understand it better. So successful companies are going to continue to hire those new waves, those new generations. And I think at Arizona State, what has set Kenny Dillingham up in theory to be successful is he is a part of that generation. He is a part of that next young generation to go out and succeed. That's why you see so many recruits say, hey, you know what? What do we love about this guy? Well, one, he tells us the truth. He doesn't need to lie to us to get us in the door like maybe the old generation did. And two, on top of keeping it a buck with us at all times, we can relate to him, right? That's what matters most with some of these kids, at least in this next generation, right? And the whole concept that we're talking about is relatability, understanding it. And Kenny Dillingham has firmly cemented himself as a player's coach, right? But not just a player's coach, in terms of you can do whatever you want. It's a player's coach, the relatability, the trust, and that's a two-way street. Understanding that as a player, you have to also deliver your side of that deal, right? But that's why Kenny, as a young coach, can succeed, right? I'm not saying he's going to be. I believe he will be. But I think because he is a younger coach, he has already taken himself a step further than maybe if you were going to hire an older coach for this position. And that's why you're starting to see older coaches opt to take different jobs, right? Let's get to Dan Lanning and Mike Norvell, right? One's at Florida State in the ACC. You just missed on going to the college football playoff as an undefeated conference champion. Because of Alabama. Because of Alabama, right? You could have easily, easily said, you know what? I can't do it here. I know the CFP is expanding, but why not go get a bag? Because he would have got more money at Bama. And you can create and further your legacy with an already ridiculously historic football program. Okay? Same thing with Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning ties to the SEC. Right? I'm sure he would have loved, absolutely loved, to get back and play Georgia once a year. Right, as a former Georgia defensive coordinator, I'm sure he would have loved it. Right, but he didn't. Coming out with videos saying that, you know, he's firmly at Oregon. Things we haven't seen before. The internet loses their minds over these things, over Norvell and Lanning. So, why didn't they leave? Why didn't they go? Well, I don't have actual information to tell you why they didn't leave, but my two cents on why they wouldn't leave is because how difficult it is to create what they've already started to plant at those respective universities. Mike Norvell's been at Florida State a while now, right? And it was a tough, tough start. The same thing that Kenny's talked about at ASU. The first couple years at Florida State for Norvell weren't good. They weren't, but it was a process and there was progress being built to it. And now what? Now they were an undefeated conference champion. Now the college football playoff is expanding. They will get their turn, Okay. So Norvell didn't want to leave. Why? Because he's already built something that takes a long time to build. Everybody thought that when Nick Saban left, or at least maybe maybe this is just what I saw, 
Everybody is convinced that Alabama will always be a top 25 program, that they will always be a top 10 program. Why? Because Nick Saban had them in the top 10 playing for a natty every other year like it was, like the sun was shining, right? Every day, every season, it was the same thing with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Well, Saban's gone. He's retired. And once that happened, players hit the portal. Recruits reopened commitment or recruiting, right? Alabama is not, I don't want to say they're not any different, but they're not invincible to what's happening in college sports and college football, and you've seen it now with Saban retiring. Mike Norvell knows what he has at Florida State, and he knows how hard it is to build it, right? To build that brand, to build specifically a culture in this day and age of college athletics. It's increasingly difficult. It's almost impossible. And that's why you see teams, not just in college football, but in the pros too. What did we just see the other day with the Super Bowl? Kansas City Chiefs, right? A dynasty now. The culture's there. The culture has been built. Why does Georgia and Alabama, why are they always there? Well, the culture has been built. And now you lose a coach? Can you keep it? Can you keep the culture? Right? Can Alabama do it? Maybe. I don't know. We haven't seen it before. Mike Norvell didn't want to take that chance. Dan Lanning, same thing. Why would he leave? What's the incentive? More money? More money to what? To maybe fail at Alabama? To, to not live up to Nick Saban's standards? That's an in- incredible, incredible mountain that you have to climb if you're Kalen DeBoer. Dan Lanning, again, has something at Oregon. He's built it. It's there. And Oregon has always had kind of a culture. And now you got, again, a little bit of a younger coach in Dan Lanning. He understands it. I genuinely believe Dan Lanning is a top five coach in college football right now. Genuinely. And I think Oregon will compete in the college football playoff year over year as long as Dan Lanning is a head football coach there. Okay? It's increasingly difficult to become and stay a college football head coach. So UCLA, where we started this whole conversation, right? Chip Kelly bouncing from UCLA to an Ohio State job. Ohio State offensive coordinator. That's a downgrade. He went from a head coach to an OC in the same conference. These two teams are both in the Big Ten now. So why would he do that? Why did UCLA do that? And what have UCLA teams always struggled with? What have they always really struggled to do? Right? Aside from winning the big game. There's never been a great culture. Ever, where Chip Kelly's been. Ever. Even even his days in Oregon. There was never really a culture. The talent superseded the teams that they were playing. Right? That's why Oregon was great. And Chip Kelly's a great, phenomenal offensive mind, but he's not a head football coach. He's not. He's a brilliant football mind. More, a hundred times, what myself or anybody in, in that thinks they know football is. Right? But can Chip Kelly build a football program? I don't think he can. He hasn't been able to build it at a college level. He hasn't been able to build it in the NFL. So why struggle with it? Why waste your time now when you can go be an OC at Ohio State? You know they're getting five five-star blue chip players every single year. You know they're going to be in the CFP next year. So what do you do? You set yourself up to be a college football playoff offensive coordinator with a team stacked. Maybe set yourself up to go get an NFL job or to get paid, right? I don't think Chip Kelly wants to be a head football coach. I genuinely don't think he wants it. That's why he left UCLA, right? It is so challenging to build a culture right now. And the older you get, the more out of touch you are, the more challenging it is. And that's without even discussing NIL, without discussing Transfer Portal. Not only do you have to recruit these kids to come here, you have to recruit them to stay here. You have to recruit kids to stay here in some of these other schools. They have athletes demanding ridiculous amounts of money. And you could say it's not true, whatever. A couple years ago, a couple years ago, a player at Arizona State, a special teams player at Arizona State, demanded six figures. A special teams player demanded six figures. That's what he was asking for. Otherwise, he was hitting the portal. You think he you think ASU had six figures to give to a special teamer? No. So what'd the kid do? He hit the portal. 
that's that's the day and age. And this was a couple years ago. So now it's only elevated. It's only intensified more. And you're only going to see it get crazier. And now with the transfer portal, with you being able to transfer seemingly every year without necessary repercussion, well, it's the Wild West right now. Why would you want to be a head football coach? Now, it's easy, right? I can sit here. I can say I want to be a head football coach. You at home can say you want to be a head football coach. And of course, you'd love that opportunity. You'd love that bag. You'd love the opportunity to sit there and talk football and coach football. But it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. It's a grind. It is an absolute grind. It's one of the toughest jobs in sports to be a head football coach at the college level. I would argue it's the toughest job. I would argue in terms of athletics, being a head football coach for a college football team is the toughest job in sports because you really are a general manager, you're a teacher, you're a leader, you're a football coach, you're a recruiter, you're all of these different things. You're a salesman. It is a nonstop job 24-7, and unless you are like Kenny Dillingham, where you are 30-something years old, and you do have your dream job, the place you grew up wanting to coach, then of course you are going to be looking for other opportunities. Because why else would you want to do it? Why else would you set yourself up to be working 18-hour days, 365 days a year? Cash. Money talks, but... Sometimes it's not worth it, man. Sometimes it's not worth it. And I think that's what you saw with Chip Kelly leaving that UCLA job. He understood that it was kind of a dumpster fire. He understood that they're in for a rude awakening when they get to the Big Ten. And you're going to have to face Michigan. You're going to have to face Ohio State. You're out of conference games. You got a game against LSU. Well, he didn't want that mark on his career. He didn't want it at all. No, and it's not worth the stress. You see it with these older coaches. They don't want the stress. And what do you see the trend being now, right? Pay attention. Pay attention. Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State is what you see locally, right? Who did UCLA just hire to be their head coach? A former UCLA football player or former UCLA assistant coach, right? Who I believe had played in the NFL and went to UCLA. Right? I'm not saying Dilly started the trend. I'm just saying in the era of college football where you have players and you have coaches leaving at the drop of a hat, you want somebody in an athletic director position that's going to go get somebody that you know is committed to the program. Pitch the brand. Yeah, that gets it, that understands it, right? And I think that is why being a college football coach right now in 2024 is the toughest job in athletics. Because it's only going to get harder. The competition is better than it's ever been. The players have more people in their ear than they've ever had. And there are more people gunning for your job than ever before. But that's what it is. And look, I I genuinely believe Arizona State has themselves a good one. And Kenny Dillingham. Um, And and I know a 3-9 first season. It hurts. It wasn't beautiful. It wasn't great. Say what you want to say. It's a process. Okay. One thing that Eric says on the show all the time that I love is you can't microwave it. If you're an Arizona State fan, you're not going to be able to microwave success at Arizona it's State. It's a slow cooker. It is. It's a slow cooker. But you know what's always better about slow cooked food? It's more tender. It's tender. It's tastier. It's better. It's just overall, it's better. And honestly, the success, when it takes longer, it's sweeter. It's sweeter. It means more. And I think that's what you got at Arizona State. What if I don't want my carnitas sweet? If you don't want your carnitas sweet, well, go to a different place, man. Go to a different place. It's okay. Look, I can't tell you that every taco shop is going to have everything you need. But Circle K, I don't know if they got carnitas, but they do have everything you need. They got a million and five different locations, guys. And they're helping you save money every single day with Inner Circle. It's their new free membership program. Starting off, when you sign up, you can save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups, and then every day after that, you're going to save three cents per gallon every day. Not to mention, get every sixth free on a selection of Circle K products. We're talking pizza, coffee, ice cold fountain drinks, and more. Not to mention, look at this merch. I got some pretty good merch here. A little Circle K coffee cup. 
I love it, man. That's where I get my coffee. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful establishment. And I'm going to go What's there the right after What's the flavor of coffee you got in there today, Toe Tree? I got buttery syrup in here today. It's just buttery syrup? No, 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 no. It's the flavor. It's the flavor. It's not actual. I don't actually have well, syrup Well, yes, I know. But like the flavor is just called yeah. buttery syrup. Yeah, I thought it was blueberry. It's buttery syrup. It's buttery syrup. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's fire. It's absolutely fire. And so is Inner Circle, guys. If you don't believe me, check it out for yourselves. Join Inner Circle for free by downloading that Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Just visit CircleK.com for details. Now, look. Look, I am. I love you guys so much. I love doing the show. I love it. I can't wait to go on vacation here in a couple days. Just just take, a, take some time off, right? Just recoup, re-energize. For the rest of the basketball season, re-energize for the spring football season. I'm excited for it, but it's not the only time I'm be gone. I'm be gone in March, be gone in April, be gone in June. And it's all because game time, man. I don't know what to tell you. Saul's always telling me, he's like, why, why are you taking so much vacation time? I'd be like, man, pff, you seen those game time prices? Get tickets to go see Drake in like Texas for like 300 bucks. Of course I'm going to bounce for that. Are you kidding me? Game time, guys. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. It's because they help people like me, procrastinators, get the best deals on tickets. And I don't miss a beat. Game time. Check them out, guys. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download that game time app. Create an account and use the code PHNX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code PHNX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Things you love to see. Saving money, getting snacks, two of my favorite things. On top of another one of my favorite things, Arizona State softball. My goodness. My goodness. Arizona State softball is seriously one of my favorite sports going. And just softball in general, if you're not somebody that pays attention to a lot or if you've never been to a softball game, highly, highly encourage you guys to check out Club Farrington uh, in Tempe. It is it really is a whole, whole vibe. ASU softball, they just got their season started this past weekend um, at Club Farrington, played in the, the Kajikawa Classic. It was Arizona State. They ended up playing four games. They split two and two. They beat Maine. They beat St. Thomas. They lost to Boise State, and they lost to number 20 Northwestern. So definitely an up-and-down weekend, to say the least. But we had the chance to talk with Arizona State softball player Kelsey Hall, the very first edition of Kelsey's Corner. She's going to be coming on weekly to discuss everything that's going on with ASU softball. So this is what Kelsey had to say about this past weekend for ASU softball. We're joined now by Arizona State softball player Kelsey Hall for the very first edition of Kelsey's Corner, a weekly segment that we're going to be doing here on the PHNX Sun Devil Show, kind of recapping everything that's going on with ASU softball. Kelsey, the first few games of the new season, just how was it to get back out there with your teammates and, and really take on the weekend? First off, hey guys, how are you? I feel like it's been forever since we've got to chat. First and foremost, I want to say I got a lot of responses about our hot or not in our edition <laughs> in our edition of last time i was on here and a lot of people agreed with me about cheesecake factory so I just <laughs> of course they did of course i had they to did. wait till we were recording mm. to let you know that thank you so appreciate just that had to throw that in there but um you know first weekend out of the way you know i think there's a lot of emotion nerves just a lot of unknown that goes into the first weekend of a very very new team mm -hmm. so we had obviously some people out that we didn't want to have out of course so i think that was pretty elephant in the room but you know at the end of the day i think we're learning and we're growing and we're really excited to get after it this weekend absolutely you guys split over the weekend uh, picked up a couple wins over St. Thomas and then Maine and then dropped two games against Northwestern and Boise State. We'll obviously cover all that. I do want to start with you, though, with, with Boise State, because I know that was a game that you had circled, something that we had talked about the last time you were on. Mm -hmm. Just what were the emotions, I guess, leading up to that and then your very first at-bat? Yeah, that was, um, you know, I think it was a very interesting story for me once I saw the schedule like we talked about before, yeah. but... I think going into the weekend, I was a lot more interesting in like preparation than I think I probably thought I was going to be. I thought I was going to go in honestly like a nervous wreck and it just be like, oh. but you know, I, I think they also have a very 
uh, different team than it was when I was there. So it wasn't exactly like I'm the only one that was gone. And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, so it was definitely, it was really good to see a lot of my old teammates and even the new ones. They were super nice after the game. It was literally like there was like a line, like everyone was just hugging me. And it was, that was very nice because it could either go one way or the other, mm-hmm. right? It could be like, we're not going to acknowledge you or, but Schultz is a very class act. So I give all props to that. And so, Definitely going into my first at bat, though, uh, it kicked in a little bit where I was like, <laughs> Kelsey, if you don't hit the ball right now, you're going like, I think my count was like one and two, one, two, I think. I was like, you better swing at this because they're coming at you right now. So luckily, I got one hit on the day. So that was, that was a win for me there. But they're a good ball club. And I think we definitely didn't present ourselves in the way that we could have. I think Mm -hmm. that first inning was a better testament to who ASU could be. Mm -hmm. And then we just kind of let the game slip away. But you know what? We'll learn. Yeah. I I think, again, just kind of taking a look at everything that went went on over the weekend, it's clear when you guys get out to a good start, I feel like you guys can take care of business, especially when you're able to keep it consistently. And then it's just... It's obviously so early on in the season, but when it's that that tight, tight two nothing game, uh, you're going into the last inning, et cetera. Like it really is. I feel like that's where you guys down the stretch are eventually going to learn to shine. Um, when it comes to just Club Farrington, I, I know again this is kind of your your first go round with, with ASU softball. Just what was what was the environment like? Was it everything you expected it to be? Honestly, I after the Northwestern game, I was talking to the girls because we just got, I don't know if you saw, we just got our new facility. We just got our new locker room, yeah, team yeah. room, which is just insane. But we were sitting in there and I was asking them, I was like, does every game feel like this? Does every <laughs> game, like Northwestern obviously is a top 20 program and they're, for a reason, they're a very good ball club. But I was like, I feel like we got like beef with them <laughs> like and it had nothing to do with them but like mm-hmm. every it was just such an i haven't been in such like an intense game and i think like it was so i was so pumped in center field seeing kylie just throw down her mask after a strikeout like it was pretty and it was pretty sick to be a part of so if that's how we play every game with that type of energy club farrington's gonna live up to its name for sure so. that's awesome yeah i think some of the beef probably stems with stems with Nor- Northwestern, I I don't know if it was a regional or super regional mm-hmm. at Club Farrington like two years ago. I, yeah. I think there was there was a game there too where it just didn't go in ASU's favor, um, and Northwestern got the dub. So I think that's where that probably stems. Maybe a little bit of fan hatred there. Yeah, that yeah, that's kind of what I got informed of. But I was like, dang, like this is fun softball. Like, oh yeah, I was like, I can get used to this. So it's pretty cool to see like bits and pieces from the weekend of like what we are very capable of doing you know what i mean oh absolutely it's like we said it's so early on in the season and i think the really fun part about the kajikawa classic being that it is at club farrington and so early in in the season you guys get a a really good idea of what this team can be right you start to see even in the first couple games stars start to come out and you mentioned kylie mcgee just what did you see from her this weekend? I know just there, there was one game specifically. I think she had like 11 Ks. She was just on a tear at a certain point in the season. Did she just get like locked in and then it's just game over for the opposing team? Yeah, she's she's a grinder for sure. I think she is the sweetest, like soft human being like off the field. And then like when you're just like facing her, like I said, in that Northwestern game, like like she was an animal like I wasn't gonna go like not like I wasn't gonna go near her in the dugout but she's just like on that mound like she's gonna like go at you and I think once she gets to that point and she's there like if she can get there like every game she's gonna be phenomenal it was fun to be a part of and then like even after the Boise game obviously there was an elephant in the room like that game meant a lot to me and Mm -hmm. we obviously Mm -hmm. didn't pull it through and she like she took that to heart for me and I was like that that is a leader and that's a teammate right there that I've just gained so much respect for her from this weekend and so I'm very excited that she's on my team absolutely absolutely between her Mac Osborne uh it was I feel like pitching wise it was a really really great weekend 
Um, obviously, it was a split, but 2-0 against a top 20 program in Northwestern, I think, is you'll, you'll take that. Obviously, some, sometimes you'll get them, sometimes you won't. But in, in terms of the, the offense this weekend, was there anybody that surprised you in just how well they handled the pressure? Um, I wouldn't say anyone surprised me because I think the girls on this team, one of the things about us is we are a pretty calm, cool, collected group. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes probably we will need that little bit of more of like a little oomph about it because we are a little calm, cool, a little sometimes, you know, a little too calm, cool, collected. <laughs> but um, no, there's never a doubt on anyone in this lineup. And that's not even just the politically correct answer. But yeah. really, there was never for me, there was never a bit of like, oh, gosh, she's you know what i mean like yeah. everyone's gonna pull it through which is pretty cool to feel absolutely then i do want to talk about the offense obviously jordan van hook didn't play uh but alicia denby uh transferred just phenomenal weekend uh one of the games i believe she had what two homers like mm-hmm. what has she brought to this team not just like when you guys are out there but in the locker room in practices in meetings outside of what everybody sees on game day. Yeah, well, Lily is actually my best friend. She's my roommate. She's probably can hear me in the other room right now. <laughs> but um, she's, we started at Fresno together. I don't know if you knew that. So we've known each other for some years and we came into this together talking about how like we really wanted to leave a legacy on a very respectful program. And that's exactly what she's doing. You know, she's shows up every day and there's never a doubt that she's going to give a hundred percent to like Mm -hmm. what she does and what she wants to be. She's definitely a leader by example. She's again, always doing the right things. So she's not necessarily like that vocal screaming loud leader, but at the same time, like her actions speak so much louder than most people's words. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think she's been, it's, I'm very, very blessed to be able to be here for her last year. Absolutely. Another player that I I was just curious, or I guess one of your teammates, just Yanixa Acuna, I felt like had another, she had herself a really, really solid Kajakawa Classic, and she's a a younger player. Obviously, last season being being a freshman, like, do you remember being her age at at that point in her collegiate career, and just what did did you see from her uh, in the Kajakawa Classic this past weekend? Yeah, sometimes I totally forget that she's only a sophomore. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Like, I think a big part is... Um, her sister Yanni is around that obviously challenges her and betters her every single day. But I've definitely seen her grow, not even just as an athlete, but just Mm -hmm. as a teammate and a human being just wanting to that want to be there. And I think that spark of like, I can do this and I can be that like contributor to a program, I think is like, she's seeing that she can do. And I think when you're young, you don't necessarily probably recognize your value as much just because Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, it's like the way that it goes of you being young, but she's, she's fun to be in the outfield with. We're always laughing. We're always like bettering each other and it's always a good time. So I'm really excited to keep playing out there with her for sure. Yeah. I think that's one thing and not to say that the the softball program is more close, like as a unit than some of the other programs out there, but there's always been just something about the like camaraderie and the sisterhood that ASU softball has that is just, it's just different. It's different, right? Like spend a lot of time with the football team, the basketball team, the hockey team, et cetera. And there's just, there's something different about ASU softball. Like, can you put it into words? Maybe it's just softball, like as the sport in general, but it really does feel like you guys are family from the moment you guys meet each other. Yeah, I think a big part of that is a lot of the sports you named are male sports. Yeah. I think that is a big part of it. And I think with our team, too, though, like you are who you're led by. Your culture is established by your ringleader and obviously Coach B. Again, I think I probably said this every single time we've talked. She really believes that she can build a good program off of even better people. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. she's more of a people person first than like she takes someone that works hard is obviously a good ball player, but an amazing human being over a straight don't want to be around her. She's a maniac, terrible human being, but she can hit the crap out of the ball, you know? So like that's what we're building our program around. And so I think that's a really big part. And obviously ASU last year had some trials and tribulations. So I think a lot of the returners 
what they were looking for in this next chapter was to build that. So they welcomed us. And that's why as a result from day one, it was like, there are no returners. There's no transfers. We're all in this together. This yeah. is all new year for all of us. So it's been, it's been really special for sure. You, you bring up coach B, obviously this is her second year trying to revitalize the program, get it back to where it was and building this program to, to being a consistently top 25 team, right? A team that's constantly um, in the postseason, which is what ASU softball is known for. you got a couple players on the team that obviously know what that's like. You brought up the fact that you guys had that game against Northwestern, a top 20, 25 program, beat you guys 2-0. Um, a really, really tight game. Like, how far do you guys think you are from being that good, right? Being a consistent top 25 team. I think for us, the physical part is is there. We're no loss, no bad at bat that we had was due to physical ability, which mm -hmm. I think is a really easy fix. You know what I mean? So I think that I think us believing in ourselves and that capability of being like, you know what, we are going to go out there and we are going to stop on whoever's on the field is I think that's the part that we're just bridging that gap slowly and slowly. I think now that we're playing and again, like I said, that Northwestern game was probably one of the first times that I was like, oh, this is a couple like these girls can get after it. It's, <laughs> like, everyone, like everyone is so nice on this team. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think getting that little fire burning and building under us and our coaches definitely are demanding that out of us. Even no matter, they tell us every day, no matter what we do on the field, there's always something we can be better at. Yeah. So I think we're working every single day to get there. I just think getting that fire under us a little more, as soon as that comes, I think we're going to be dangerous. Absolutely. For you, what what do you want to improve moving into the, the Little Wood Classic that you guys have coming this next week? You know, for me, I think... My, my thought process when it comes to softball probably is a little unorthodox. I don't necessarily look at like, sure, like my results weren't probably as stellar as I wanted because like I just think like I'm looking back at my process of like, you know, what, mm -hmm. how was I feeling presence wise? How was I feeling emotionally? And I think so going into the weekend, my biggest goal is to make sure that like my presence is very known and established mm -hmm. in the box. Like I had a pretty decent streak last year and I don't remember what I was doing physically I just remember being in the box and feeling like I filled up the box with my mm -hmm. presence if that makes sense yeah so I think just like making sure I'm holding myself to that standard of that mental like fire that I was just talking about and mm -hmm. making sure that it doesn't matter who's on the mound it's like what I'm doing that would be my consistently every at bat is what I'm looking for Absolutely. Any message to the ASU fans getting ready to pack Club Farrington another time this coming week? Club Farrington won't disappoint, guys. I need y'all there. We need you guys loud. It's a lot more fun once you guys are there on our side. So make sure you show up and show out. Absolutely. ASU softball player Kelsey Hall. Again, best of luck this coming week in the Littlewood Classic. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys. ASU softball, it is truly, like I said, one of my favorite things. If you haven't been, get your tickets on game time like we just talked about. Root on ASU softball again, a Littlewood classic. Um, this is a team that I genuinely think they've got some stars. They've got some stars on their team. It sounds like they're going to be getting one of their best players back here, um, hopefully in just a couple weeks in Jordan Van Hook. So we'll obviously pay attention to, to what's going on with Sun Devil softball, but it really is a, a, a team and a sport that I think this ASU community should, should rally around, um, given the fact that they do have some of the most historic success of any program at Arizona State. Now, I don't believe you can bet on it on the BetMGM Sportsbook app, but you can bet on just about everything else over at BetMGM, and they've still got a brand spanking new deal for you. But before I tell you about the new deal, I just want to give myself a nice pat on the back because all three... All three of my Super Bowl bets hit that I gave on the PHNX Bets Daily Show, Jacob. Damon is out of a job. He is. I don't know what to tell you, man. But look, it was Chiefs Moneyline, free. It was Patty Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, free. And it was the first touchdown score jersey number over 19 and a half. It was free. Okay? 
and they're giving you some free money over at the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $5 into your newly created account. Place a wager in the amount of at least $5 at standard odds price. And once you place to bet, you're going to receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. But you know what time it is, Jacob? It is time for a BetMGM parlay picks. And we've got some great Great NBA games going on tonight. So this is what I've got for my BetMGM parlay picks as it stands right now. Okay, I got three picks for you. Go ahead. Give me the Pacers money line on the road against the Hornets. Okay, I know the odds aren't beautiful, but that's why we're parlaying them here. Okay, I got the Cavs who have been on an absolute tear. Donovan Mitchell has been one of those guys so far in the NBA season. Give me the Cavs money line over the Sixers. And give me the Spurs money line. They're on the road against the Raptors. The Raptors aren't a great team. Neither are the Spurs. But I think the uh, San Antonio Spurs get it done on the road. All three of those combines for a plus 318. Triple your money over on the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Just to recap that offer, guys. Sign up for BetMGM. Use that bonus code PHNX and place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app for at least $5. You'll receive $150 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. And Allison Damon, talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY-467-369-NEW-YORK-1-800-327-5050-Massachusetts-21-PLUS-TO-WAGER. The funny thing is, when you go over to BetMGM and you make so much money off these picks that I'm giving you, well, you, you need a place that you can trust to keep your money safe. And there's one spot. That I trust, and you should too. That's Desert Financial, guys. Desert Financial, they're the official retail banking partner of Arizona State University. And for more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union dedicated to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community and providing financial solutions that make lives better. The Desert Financial team are financial experts who are committed to their members and the community offering financial solutions tailored to helping real people achieve their financial goals and dreams. Guys, now is the time to show your ASU team spirit. Open a free checking account online and get $200 plus your choice of three Arizona State University Visa debit cards. Go to desertfinancial.com slash ASU to get started. Jacob, how was your weekend, man? Um, I mean, I was having a pretty good weekend. You were having. Then you bothered me. Man. Okay, pull back the curtain for everybody. What happened over the weekend? Totri texts me on a Sunday while I'm trying to hang out with my family. I very, and, and, and Totri knows this. I, I very rarely ever get time with my family. I'm in a day off. And, and, and Totri had a video go missing. A video that had quite a few views. Understandably, he's upset. But it was nothing I couldn't handle today. What did I do, Totri? What did I do today? First you, thing when I got in the you, office. You solved the, the mystery solved the behind problem. the missing video. You could did just, it. Could have just enjoyed a day. I know, I know. Could have just enjoyed I just, a day. I, just, I strive to push you to be the best version of yourself. You know? Okay. That's what I like so to do. So after the show, I'm going to make you stay here until I'm done. Until you're done with what? Everything. On the day? Yeah. Yeah, guys, let's go ahead. Let's get into our uh, Pac-12 power rankings this week. We've got some movement because the Pac-12 is a dumpster fire and nobody wants to be really good. Everybody's really bad. Everybody's really confusing, to say the least. So let's go ahead. Let's see what we've got on this graphic. Look, the top four don't change. The Arizona Wildcats, they've been taking care of business now for a while. They've slowly started to figure it out. The Arizona Wildcats, they are on a five-game win streak. They are undefeated at home, and they are 10-3 and in conference. The Arizona Wildcats know what they're doing, and that is why they remain number one here in the conference. Washington State, second straight week, they are the number two team in the Pac-12 power rankings. They are also on a five-game win streak. I didn't realize this. Washington State's 18-6 and six overall. They could mess around and find themselves in the NCAA tournament. What you got to like about Washington State, though, is they've been able to get it done against both good and bad teams. And what I mean about getting it done against bad teams in college basketball is simply winning games that you should win. Okay, a part of their win streak, they've got dubs over Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Colorado, and Utah. Look, a couple of those teams that we'll get to in these Pac-12 power rankings aren't too far off from Washington State, 
And the fact of the matter is, Washington State is winning, and they're winning at a consistent clip. That is why I've got the Cougs at that second spot. Now, keeping it moving with these Pac-12 power rankings, at number three, you've got the Oregon Ducks. The Oregon Ducks are a very, very interesting team because Oregon, for a while now, has felt like they were the number two team in this conference. But as of late, They've lost two of their last three. One of those games being to Washington State and one of those games being to a UCLA team that's finding ways to get it done. So Oregon's going to need to pick it up if they want their spot in the NCAA tournament. Colorado at four. UCLA up three spots. Second straight week. They are big, big risers. UCLA up to number five in the Pac-12 power rankings. And you know why? You know why the UCLA Bruins are at that number five spot? It's because they are also on a five-game win streak. UCLA, after an abysmal start to the season, is finally starting to figure it out in conference play. They are 13, um, or no, they are 16 in eight. No, I'm reading this wrong. 13 and 11. There you go. 13 and 11 that's overall season. this season. Say, that's a yeah. season record. 13, What's a conference record? Eight and five. There eight and five. it is. There you go. It took me a second. Took me a second to get that right. But yes, UCLA... Big, big jump over the last two weeks. We'll see if they can carry it into the back half of the conference season. Moving along with our Pac-12 power rankings, sitting at number six. We've got the Stanford Cardinal, Utah, at number seven. They had themselves a rough weekend, lost to both Arizona and Arizona State. The ASU loss hurts. The ASU loss hurts everybody at this point in the conference. Cal, they fall a spot at number eight. Washington at nine. You got your Arizona State Sun Devils at number 10. Another interesting week for the Sun Devils. Jacob, what did you think about Arizona State's week? Uh, I mean, if you would have asked me before the week, like, so... Everybody knows right now, and I'll come back to you right now. Everybody knows that the trip through Colorado and Utah is actually, it's been the hardest trip in the Pac-12 so far this year. Yeah. And if you told me going into it that they were going to split, I probably would have laughed in your face and said, you know what? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah because, it because it just, everything about this season doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then I'm just, I just, I'm, a, I'm used to it at this point. Arizona State finding a way to get it done on the road against Convincingly. Utah. Yeah. No, they did it. And they were, you could have gotten Arizona State money line at the start of the game plus 650. I checked. I checked. But I wasn't going to take it because Arizona State had been on a bender of losing as of late. But because of that win, um, they are where they are. Just fun, fun little fact here. Frankie Collin leads the team in points per game, assists per game, and field goal percentage and steals per game. Uh, Frankie Collins is a machine who makes this machine, Arizona State, function and move. But the final two teams in our Pac-12 power rankings at number 11, you've got the Oregon State Beavers. I am so, so sorry, Clint. And then at number 12, you have USC Another week and another failure for the Trojans. They lost both games. They are three and ten in conference play. And guess what, Jacob? USC still yet to win ten games overall this season. They are nine and fifteen with a very talented roster. It's been very, very interesting to see the way the Trojans have played thus far. They're one and eight on the road. And Oregon State, actually, funny enough, is defeated on the road. They haven't won a game away from home all season long but guys head to the comments let me know what you think of this week's pack 12 power rankings as we move forward to the back half of this pack 12 season look i think when it comes to the pack 12 the ceiling the ceiling is high right the cream of the crop up top they're great right arizona they're gonna they're an ncaa tournament team for sure i think washington state could sneak in ceiling again great the floor of this conference not good at all. Look, the floor of the Pac-12 may suck, but your floors are going to be great when you shop with Empire Today, guys. With Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, not to mention a price match guarantee. They are the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, you're going to have some copycats out there, but what is it? Copycat. When you, when you copy somebody, it's the greatest form of flattery. Something like that. But Empire Today, they can't be beat. I mockery was on, the greatest form of flattery. On but. quality, service, and speed. They're not going to promise the lowest prices because anybody who does that is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't even put 
in their own. Guys, Empire Today, keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. Their philosophy is to help you find what you need, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitute. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use that promo code PHNX. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. So you're watching this video. You got your new floors. You made some money over on BetMGM. Your car is full of gas, but you need dinner. So where are you going? It's Monday. Go get yourself some, some burros or a family-owned and operated Mexican restaurant. One of the best in Arizona, if not the best, guys. Easy party platters to feed a crowd. Hopefully everybody went to them for their Super Bowl parties. They've got an all-new taco bar to impress your friends with margaritas to go. You'll be the guac star of the season. My goodness, I love it. That was definitely written by Max. Try their popular Fiesta platter loaded with mouth-watering red and green chili beef mini chimneys, homemade taquitos, chips, fresh guac, and their famous hot sauce. Guys, just a couple weeks ago, they had food catered in this office. Their chimneys crazy. Their taquitos go stupid. They go stupid, guys. Check out some burros for some of the best food in the Valley. They got locations all over. Their newest locations in Goodyear, Peoria, and I-17 and Joe Max. Or visit someburros.com to find one near you. Let some burros cater your next meal, big or small. Order online or find one near you by visiting someburros.com. Jacob, any final thoughts, man? Any final thoughts on your day, on the week, just on life, on anything going on? I mean, I'd love for the internet to start working again. The, the internet working would, you know, it would help everybody. And if day. you are watching this, it means our internet is currently working, which is, you know. Cool. Cool. Yeah, no, that's real cool. Yeah, I mean, the, the week will be nice. Yeah. A lot, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on, man. Um, going to Sun's Takeover on Valentine's Day. Aw. So that'll be exciting. What, you mean you're not, we're not going to our dinner plans? <laughs> Did I forget to tell you? Oh my god! I'm actually Damon's Valentine. Wow, wow! And Damon and I are—that's wow, wow! I'm even bringing in champagne for him and I. You can be here that night if you want. You're not gone yet. Yeah, but I'm I'm hurt. I'm hurt, man. I hope you know that. And look, I got a message. I got a message tomorrow, 10:30 a.m. Tuesday, 10:30 a.m. I'm going to be making an appearance on a PHNX Wildcat show. And I need all those devils in there. I need I need the, the Sun Devil Army in there fighting for me. Okay? Because that place is going to get mean it's and gonna nasty. It's going to be a bloodbath. That, that place is going to get mean and nasty. So I need y'all to help me out. Just get in there. Uh, and, and then we'll recap over here on the PHNX Sun Devil show a little bit later um, Tuesday. But again, guys, that is going to do it for today's episode. Do us a favor. If you haven't already, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Head to the comments again. Let me know what you enjoy about this podcast or maybe something you'd like to see. Okay? In the meantime, though, if you enjoyed the content, give us a follow at PHNX underscore Sun You can follow me at Anthony underscore Totri. You can follow Senor Jacob Franklin at Jacob underscore Franklin for in the meantime, guys. I will see you Tuesday. But as always, go Devils. And peace.